Hello and welcome to Reuse Your Old Adventures, an interactive audiobook experience where I try to eke some sort of usefulness out of the pile of choosable path books that I have lying around from when I was 10. Uh, how the show works is that every episode I'm joined by a special guest uh, who basically just has to sit there and listen to me reading them a book and occasionally making a choice once we get to the page that is like, do you want to go to the, to the Labyrinth of Fear or to the Meadow of Pleasantness? Those are both those are both amazing place names. <laughs> um, I haven't done this for a while. Uh, so this episode, uh, I'm joined by Garrett Robinson. Hello, Garrett. Hello. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? Uh, yeah, sure. I am an author. I write uh, the books of Underrealm. Uh, well, well, so far, I'm the only one who writes the books of Underrealm, but uh, we, uh, I have a small publishing company, and we're going to be publishing other books in the world soon. It's fantasy stuff. It's, it's straight up medieval fantasy Lord of the Rings type stuff, uh, which tends to be a lot less depressing and more uplifting than, than <laughs> Game of Thrones. Nothing against Game of Thrones. <laughs> I just needed I needed to create some stories where, you know, the main character didn't die every book. I have plenty of things at Game of Thrones, but that's the whole other podcast to be honest. I, I also um, do. <laughs> <laughs> uh you also you you you're also available on YouTube. Yes, yes, I always forget about that one. I uh, I have a YouTube <laughs> channel. Um I make videos. I make one uh one basically one just sort of vlog type video every week and then I also make a video about writing every Wednesday which uh, I'm actually somebody gave me this idea and pretty soon I'm going to be turning that into a podcast as well just taking the audio from that and publishing it but um but yeah yeah the YouTube's pretty fun I'm also a, an aspiring musician uh which actually my focus is on a lot these days because I'm I'm self-taught I'm teaching myself guitar and I've been writing songs for a really long time but never been able to perform and so since I'm really awful at it like I'm really not good at it uh that's where like all my focus is on is like sure I write and I make a living at it and that's really great but man I I can't play guitar very well <laughs> for god's sake can you not just pick one thing <laughs> get a load of Leonardo da Vinci over here Ooh, I should take a painting now that you mention it. Anyone who works in any kind of creative field um, probably struggles with procrastination. Yeah. Um, but I've, I haven't felt quite so bad about it since I found out that uh, when Da Vinci was a young man, he was commissioned for a statue of a horse by an Italian nobleman. And apparently by the time he died, he'd just started work on like the clay maquette oh, for it. So wow. If Leonardo Da Vinci can put something like that off for... Yeah. several decades then i'm not gonna feel too bad if i haven't written this week yeah i was uh i was actually uh right before my writing took off and it became my full-time career i was commissioned to ghostwrite somebody's novel and I, I i work pretty fast especially when somebody literally just hands me a story like here's the plot like turn it into a book um i, I i'm pretty fast uh but that book took two and a half years so yeah, I, uh, I, I am not immune to procrastination by any means. Well, you got it finished before you died, so you're, <laughs> you're already, you're already one up on Leonardo da Vinci. I'm better than um, Leonardo da Vinci. There we go. <laughs> so, in your first book, uh, the main character of your series, Underrealm, uh, is a girl called Lauren, yeah. and she gets. I don't want to sort of go into it too much because I, you know, everyone like everyone should read these books because I've, you know, I've read the first one and I'm uh, collecting the rest of the series. Uh, on Friday of this week from the the bookstore when I, where, where I've ordered them from. Yay, um, support your local indie bookstore, kids. <laughs> exactly. So it's kind of, the, the general premise is there's a girl and she gets this dagger and the dagger is a bit special. 
Yeah. Would you say that's fair? I'd say that's fair. I the, the way I always <laughs> would you would you it, would you agree with that simplistic reduction of your life's work? Yeah. No. I I, <laughs> I would the way I always sort of uh, tell people about it is uh, it's she's a girl and she she just wants to become Robin Hood. She's heard stories all her life about this this great thief who exists in this world. This is not Earth, obviously. So this great thief who uh, steals from the rich and gives to the poor, and she you know runs away from home and goes about trying to do that and it just turns out that she's really awful at it and she gets a lot of people pissed off at her who all want to kill her and so it switches very quickly from become robin hood to try not to you know have literally everyone kill me (laughs) so what i decided to read to you uh is a book it's from uh, a series called dragon tales Okay. The book's called Sword Daughter's Quest by Rondi Villot. Now, Dragon Tales was an interesting series because uh, big as it was published in the 80s, and as we know, even to this day, everything must be arbitrarily divided by gender. Yes. Uh, the Dragon <laughs> the Dragon Tales books alternated between books for girls and books for boys. If it had a black cover, it was a boys one. If it had a white cover, it was a girls one. I'm reading you one of the white ones, so I'm reading you a girls book. Wow. Which that's, I knew that you'd be fine with. That's um, a very interesting convention. <laughs> Yeah, if you look at, you know, the the alternating titles, the titles alternate between stuff like, you know, The Enchanted Unicorn Meadow and Ragnarok's The Deathbringer, and, you know, <laughs> it, it is kind of gender stereotypes, just, here, there we go. The book that I'm reading you is called Sword Daughter's Quest, and the little synopsis it gives is, while crossing the wastes on your way to the warrior games that will mark the start of your career as a swordswoman, your party is attacked by an orc raiding band. Should you seek the help of the half-elven ranger who rescues you and join his mission, or should you follow the orcs by yourself? And then the next book is called Rune Sword with an exclamation mark. And it says, <laughs> Fleeing a pack of wolves, you stumble on the entryway to the mysterious mountain realm of the Dwarf King. Oh, wow. The one for girls, it's like, oh, you were just having a bit of an old wander along with your, you know, with your party, and then, oh, no, you got attacked and everyone died. And you have to make your own way now, and there's this dude. Whereas for the lads, And of course, like, a dude shows up and rescues you. It's like immediately in the dude where it's like, you are being chased by wolves. How did this happen? Nobody knows. <laughs> that's the Man, kind of things that happen when you're a dude. Yeah, that's that's my daily life. <laughs> so uh, to read you the rest of the of the uh, synopsis, should you seek the help of the handsome half-elven ranger who rescues you, joining him in a mission that will take you underneath the sacred lake where a blue dragon is chained for all eternity. Now that sounds fun, but notice that they do go out of their way to mention that the ranger is handsome. Oh yeah, yeah no. Which I don't sure. know if they do if the protagonist of this book was a was a guy. I like to throw some gender expectations out the the window in my books. Uh, I I don't know if you if I, I don't remember how often I did it in Nightblade. I really leaned into it. Um, the the further I go in my books, but you know I'll just start having a scene where there's a a guard or a soldier or something like that, and I'll be describing the guard and the soldier, and then all of a sudden I'll say the you know referring to the guard. Uh, she drew her sword and up until that time it's just been the guard and i've had multiple readers go oh my gosh i was reading that thing and i thought of course that it was a guy and i say but what (laughs) why do you say of course can you can you please think about that just a little bit because uh yeah it's good fun screwing with i mean i i i mostly grew up reading fantasy books written by women and when i read nightblade which is the first book in your series it kind of felt it didn't really feel that much different if you know because i'm used to sort of fantasy by men being you know stuff like stuff like game of thrones where it's all very serious and there's lots of fighting You've seen um, that meme, I imagine, uh, her her, <laughs> her breasts titted boobily down the stairs. <laughs> yeah, it's stuff like that. 
uh, yeah, but um, there wasn't sort of any, there wasn't any of that in Nightblade, and I don't imagine there's going to be anything like that in the other books, which is probably why I'm looking forward to them as much as I am. Um, but this is written in the 80s, so God knows what's going to happen. Oh boy, it's, uh, it's mean, going to be it's, a wild ride. It's for children, so there's at least that saving grace, but yeah. then that just means we might end up really angry. Um, <laughs> you gave this to children. Pretty much. <laughs> right, okay, so... Um, if you're okay, I think I'm going to start reading you a book now. Oh, looking very much forward to it. Like, I, yeah. I, I love <laughs> this. It, it's so like a very, very constrained but customized Dungeons & Dragons adventure, and I'm, I'm all about it. The, there is actually a system called Tunnels & Trolls, which is, I think, supposed to be a one-player, like, D&D type experience. But, it, you know, it says that if you want, you can have two players and one of you read the book and stuff. So, Oh, that's awesome. Um, my idea wasn't as original as I thought it was. <laughs> Um, so yeah, let's start. Let's find out what happens on the Sword Daughter's quest. All right. Are you a daughter with a sword or the daughter of a sword? I think you've got to be a, a daughter with a sword, right? The the picture on the cover would suggest that, but I'm I'm not you know going to make any assumptions. Now hold on. There's a I assume <laughs> there's a picture of a girl on the cover. Um, there's a picture of a girl who's got she's got kind of like auburn hair with a white streak in it, mm-hmm. and she's holding um a, a sword that's very you know. It's very feminine. It looks a bit She-Ra. Now, you could still... So here's the thing. We assume that the story is about the girl. But if it is the daughter of a sword, the story could be about the sword on the cover. And that <sighs> sword could be the daughter of another sword. And they probably weren't thinking that far ahead. I don't want to sound harsh. I don't think it's... I don't think this book, you know, this this cash in choose your own adventure knockoff for children is going to pull anything quite so drastic on us. <laughs> um, I mean... I'll be perfectly prepared to eat my words if that turns out to be the case, but something tells me I don't, I don't, I don't think it's going to be. Um, oh, boy. So, it's going to be a wild ride either way. <laughs> uh, right, so, the hot sun beat down, beat there. See, I've already fucked it up. I've, I've been out of the game too long. <laughs> the hot sun beats down on you even as it begins to dip toward the mountains. You shift in your saddle as your father, General Hamroth, orders, Halt, sword daughter! Already, that's kind of a weird, like, is that like a standard thing in this world? Yeah. I I, I never say to one of my kids, <laughs> stop doing that, son of me. You know, it's just, it's a little, yeah. You gave me a name. You might as well use it. Right. You look inquiringly at him, probably wondering why he's just called you such a weird fucking thing. <laughs> um, he motions you to dismount, saying, we are going to camp early tonight. The caravanners who have been guiding you across the coloured sands and rocky terrain of the wastes are already making camp. They use their robes and banners as tents against the sun. Their leader, Ranth, salutes you and your father. Great general, he says. We are ready for the warden. Good. Hamroth turns and answers your question before you can ask. He puts an arm affectionately about your shoulders. My curious Tierna, the warden comes from the high elves who look after the valleys to the south. He must pass judgment on us before we can go on. Why is it always elves who get to decide shit in yeah. fantasy? It's like, yeah. just because you've been here the longest doesn't mean anything. Oh man, wait till you meet my elves. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, people have definitely had a boner for elves ever since Tolkien. <laughs> Your father adds, change into battle dress. I want a full exercise from you before sunset. You groan, both at the delay and at the exercise, but you stop as you see your father's eyebrow rise. You remind yourself that the reason you've come across the Wastes is to toughen you on your journey to the Warrior Games. And that's with capital letters, so you know it's important. <laughs> Anything in fantasy that has capital letters is definitely going to be important at some point. 
Is the Hunger Games a ripoff of this book? I know everybody thought it was a ripoff of Battle Royale, but is Battle Royale <laughs> a ripoff of this story? Um, I'll wait to see how important bread um, <laughs> figures into the story. Um, under Hamrot's watchful eyes, you dress in light battle gear. Ring mail, sword, light bow, with a dagger at your waist. Your riding boots and trousers and full-sleeved blouse you keep on. You lean over to braid your waist-length auburn hair so that you may tuck it under the lightweight helmet. Father, you ask as you step into the light of the bonfire. The sky grows dim. Will we have time to visit the Temple of Neron? You're anxious to see the monument to the paladin Neron who battled the Drew... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Is it one of those I... words? Is it a fantasy re... word with 18 well, vowels? No, it's not. I, re I read ahead and that was a mistake. Okay. The paladin Neron who battled the blue dragon Slag. Now, um... <laughs> British listeners will know that over here, the word slag is uh, a pejorative term for a woman of perceived loose morals. So, um, I, I'm kind of, I don't know how much this dragon's going to figure into the story. I'm hoping not much. I'm proud to say that I have watched enough British comedy that I also got that reference. <laughs> uh, oh my god, I, I've just, my eyes just sort of went down the page and I've seen there is a bullshit fantasy word coming up that's gonna be fun but at least it's not slag you're anxious to see the monument to the paladin neron who battled the blue dragon slag alone without the aid of any but the gods after a fear <laughs> like without the aid of any but the gods you know pres the presumably all-powerful <laughs> with no one's help except literally omnipotent beings <laughs> <laughs> after a fierce fight he threw the beast down from the arad mountains the spot where the dragon died became a mighty spring, which spills into a lake and then runs across the desert as the river Ashkaraneth. Well done. Ash Ashkaraneth. That. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> God damn it, fantasy words. Someday you hope you will do something as glorious as Neron. Uh, Hamroth shakes his head no. I don't think so, Taylor. It's dangerous here and we can't linger. Slag. Oh, Slag left more than destruction behind. He left a path of great evil that attracts others. Neron deserves our tribute, but we should hurry on our way. Besides, you need to get to the Warrior Games on time, or you'll have to wait until next year to begin your training. And next year, I know, you're worried it may be too late by then. You finish for him. You give him a light kiss. Don't worry, Daddy. I can be a girl and a fighter too. Wow. Was that the sound of you throwing the book? <laughs> no, I, I, did, I did allow it to lapse towards the table slightly. Um, no one is going to steal my heart. At least, you think, not until I've had the chance to do exciting things and perhaps win a great fortune. The only exciting thing your father has left from his career is a gift from the elves. A cloak of concealment. I love how that's tossed out so disparagingly. I mean, the only <laughs> thing your dad has is uh, is an invisibility cloak, and Harry <laughs> Potter taught us that those aren't very important at all. Yeah, he's just, you know, he's just got some magic bullshit from the elves, you know. Probably everyone has that. Uh, <laughs> He carries it everywhere with him. You think it is a wonderful thing to own, but there are many other wonderful things in the world. See, he probably just got it from a catalogue. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, this is totally a cloak of concealment. And not hashtag B24 item in March's adventurer catalogue. It's probably just like a normal cloak, but it's got stop looking at me written on it. <laughs> Your father sighs. Don't be too sure of that. I thought I could be a father and a husband and a general, but your mother did most of the work for me. It wasn't until she was gone and I had to take care of you myself that I realized how hard it could be. Wow, that's... okay. 
<clears throat> now, quit stalling. I will not have you out of shape at a disgrace of the games. Uh, you take a deep breath, and with a salute, you begin the exercises he has taught you to train your body and your mind for a fighter's life. Though it seems you draw your sword against shadows, each movement stretches and tones your muscles. You are small, but wiry, like a chimp. He doesn't say that. Oh, oh my god, I was like, wait, what? Whenever, whenever, says anyone is, whenever any book says anyone is small and wiry, my brain Im- just immediately appends like a chimp. I don't know why. <laughs> Uh, your father has taught you to be agile and daring as you leap and jump. Your imaginary opponents scatter. Screams tear the night. The caravanners run in confusion as war yelps sound from what must be orcs. Your father jumps to his feet, grabbing his elven cloak of concealment. He throws the cloak about you before drawing his sword. Stay down, Tirna, he commands, running into the night, his sword ready to protect the fleeing caravanners. Your heart beats wildly in fright. You can't let your father fight alone, one against so many orcs. They crash through the night around you, gnashing their tusks and chasing the terrified caravanners. They can't see you as you race after your father, but your sword hangs in front of you as though enchanted. They yelp in fear. You feel a little guilty. It is not a fair battle, but the orcs are swarming everywhere. You must help your father. Even as you reach his side, the orc leader howls in triumph. Hamroth's sword wavers. He has been wounded. You step in front to protect him from another blow as the orc swings a mighty club. Great pain and fire flashes through your head, and you sink into darkness. So the orc smashed her in the head with a club, and I imagine she's going to wake up from that. Maybe. Maybe the book will just end. You don't know. Maybe it's like, ah, <laughs> oh, psych. <laughs> well, there's been a fun episode. <laughs> Some, sometimes life's a bitch and then you die, kids. <laughs> you awaken, cold water stinging your face. You look into the most beautiful violet eyes you have ever seen. Oh my god. A man bends over you, but he is like, he is no one you know. His hair is like sunlight, and you blink in bewilderment at the sight of pointed ears. The expression on his face is stern. Father? You ask, but your voice is still weak. You have forgotten what has happened. You struggle to sit up. You are... Elven. Seems like a bit of an impolite thing to lead with, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, wow, look at your fucked up face. What's up with that? <laughs> just imagine just like pointing directly at his face. <laughs> so after insulting this dude by telling him something that he probably already knows. Also, uh, violet eyes. I have to I have to comment on that. It's just it seems to be the default thing people go to is like, oh, this person's supposed to be super attractive. Violet eyes. Okay, boom, there we go. Just as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh dear, this is going to be one of those you know, things. It might be contact lenses. He could be. He could have just come from a rave. You don't know. <laughs> so you are Elven. Yes, luckily for you. How else could I have seen you still alive under that cloak of yours? Tears sting your eyes as you look around and remember the desert battle. Your father's body is surrounded by many slain orcs. You hold back your sorrow, thinking that he would have wanted to die this way, honorably defending others. As your rescuer helps you stand, you see he is taller than you. Your chin reaches his broad shoulders. He cannot be a true elf. Okay, doesn't say why. Just, just assumes like you. It's like are those ears real? Let me pull them. <laughs> your father's warning of evil in the wasteland makes you suspicious. You put your hand on your sword's hilt. Who are you? Oh dear. Oh, is it one of those names? No. Um, this we're kind of approaching this from the opposite side. Um, the elf's name is Gavin. Okay. Now. I don't know if Gavin is a particularly common name in America, um, but this is essentially the equivalent of, you know, reading a fantasy novel and there being an elven ranger and that elven ranger's name being Steve. (laughs) 
it's not that common over here but uh, no um it over here it is pretty it it is kind of the equivalent of you know and this the mightiest warriors of all the elves kevin (laughs) i have met the high king of the nine realms and he is fred say hello fred hello (laughs) (laughs) pretty much it's essentially that so we've just met an elf called gavin interesting good good Uh, Gavin, Warden of These Wastes. I, I do gotta say, though, I, I gotta toss in that I prefer that to the names with, you know, the the three apostrophes and the four vowels in a row and everything like that. When when people go for those names, uh, that's <laughs> that's when I am just starting to check out of the story slightly. Um, Have you read The Tough Guide to Fantasyland by Diana Wynne-Jones? No. It's one of my favorite books. It's basically a compendium of um, fantasy tropes presented in the form of a travel guidebook as if you're you know visiting you know like fantasy worlds and like it tells you the kind of things that you can expect and there is an entry on names and it talks about the fact that there are so many apostrophes and fantasy names because it comes from the thing in magic where if you know someone's true name you can have power over them so people basically break their names up by sticking random apostrophes in it <laughs> to make them impossible to oh my god that's incredible it's like, that's <laughs> that, you know that, that's as valid uh, an assumption as any to make i think <laughs> absolutely so we've just met an elf named gavin uh gavin is the warden of these wastes and you must be tirna hamroth's daughter the caravan has sent messengers ahead days ago to let us know you would be crossing you eye him suspiciously then you're the one we were waiting for when the orcs struck us gavin looks down at you unsmiling you forget i have elven blood in me i too hate orcs i came to protect you (laughs) we are getting a kind of like weird vertical slice of politics in this world i think yeah 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 oh no no don't you understand i'm of this race therefore i automatically (laughs) hate this race whoa whoa gavin gavin calm down it's not 1984 anymore we have we have (laughs) expectations now so yeah uh i too hate orcs i came to protect you you were too late sadly you bend to gather the goods scattered from your pack you notice that few of the bodies are caravanners though dead orcs lie everywhere ranth and his tribesmen have disappeared as you look, footprints and a faint trail show that the orcs have taken the caravan as prisoner. You shudder at the thought of the horrors the caravanners must be experiencing. Better to die than be enslaved by orcs. Your father's death was in vain unless you rescue them. Quickly, you retrieve his sword. Gavin knocks it from your hand. Take nothing. The- wow, alright. That's Chill the quite... Fu- chill the fuck out, mate! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he says, take nothing. The orcs will be back. They remember every piece of loot they have left behind. You stare, probably quite, I think, justifiably in this situation. Yeah. Already you miss your father terribly. You have nothing left of him but the elven cloak and memories. You cannot let his death to defend the caravanners be useless. You must go after Ranth and his tribesmen. You don't think the cold-natured warden will understand your grief and fury. How can an elf understand human emotions? Hmm. I must do something. What can you do? You don't answer right away. You mistrust Gavin. To be honest, I wouldn't trust an elf called Gavin. I yeah, if I met an elf called Gavin, I'd be like, okay, what's there's there's something there's something going on here. I guess it, for me, it would be an elf called Steve. But you know, the same <laughs> yeah. principle applies. You'd you'd, you'd immediately go, mm, there's a story there, and I think yeah. I should probably know it before we go any further. And it's probably not a great story. <laughs> uh, you don't answer right away. You mistrust Gavin. Is he who he says? Murderous orcs don't seem to bother him, though elves and orcs have warred countless generations. You have the trail sign clearly before you. Perhaps it would be best for you to go on alone after the caravanners. Yet even if you found the orcs, you would be outnumbered. 
you have a lot to learn about fighting, and truthfully, you don't have much stomach for killing after last night. It was not as glorious as you had imagined. You think of Neron and his temple. Perhaps you could get aid there, from pilgrims, or maybe even the spirit of the paladin himself. Or, you think, you could stay with Gavin and hope he will help you. You hesitate, unsure of what to do. Gavin touches your shoulder. Now, alright, let's... You know, answer yourself, fella. <laughs> We've known Gavin each other like three minutes, and immediately, just <laughs> right. I, the dude is worse than Iron Fist. Like every single action just makes it worse. We've we've known we've known each other for three minutes, and we've mostly spent that time being dicks to each other. So <laughs> I don't think this I don't think this is particularly warranted. You must do nothing. He repeats sternly. We must leave immediately in case the orcs return. I can't leave. I want to avenge my father. You cry, pointing your sword to the heavens. You know, like how a person would. Like. Like human beings do. Like like when you have the power and are He-Man. <laughs> you are one sword, he says, watching your face. You feel uncomfortable, for there is a strange expression on his. What can you hope to do? He waits for your answer. You must decide! So now it's time for your part of the bargain. So, okay. One, will you trust Gavin and accompany him, hoping he will want to rescue the caravanners also? Will you trail after the orcs on your own? Or... Do you want to ask Gavin to take you to the Temple of Neron so that you may find help in your quest of rescue and vengeance? Okay, so my my initial instinct is to go off on my own, right? Yeah, Gavin um, has not endeared himself to either of us, I think. No, not at all. I, 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 have, gotten, <laughs> I have fully stepped into the role of, um, what's my name again? Sword uh, it's Daughter? Tier, it's Tierna. Tierna. T-Y-R-N-A. I'm assuming it's Tierna. Tierna. Tirna. Okay, so I've I've fully stepped into the role of Tirna, and I do get the idea that she is a strong, independent woman who don't need no man for shit. However, for the purposes of the podcast, I am thinking <laughs> that Gavin is going to provide a lot more opportunities for hilarity, and deep inside, part of me <laughs> wants to believe that he can redeem himself from the initial impression that he has he has given us. However. I this book was want... published in 1984, just to remind you. I So I, these, these expectations <laughs> are almost certain to be disappointed. But, um, however, I don't just want to be like, well, fine, I'll go wherever you want to go. So I want to ask Gavin if he will take me to the Temple of Slag. Sorry, of the paladin who killed. Uh, yeah, the Slag Temple. Um, the Slag Temple! Okay, okay uh... Neron was only one, you say, as you lower your sword. He defeated Slag, despite the odds. Was she keeping I... her sword in the air that long? This whole time, this whole the time. Whole she was just like... standing there in the conversation. Wow, okay. You know, like how people have conversations. <laughs> he defeated Slag despite the odds. I can confi- Did you not, did you miss the part of the story where he literally had, like, divine aid? You've got one elf called Gavin. <laughs> I can find aid if you'll guide me to the temple. He turns so that you cannot see his face. I can't do that. I am the warden of Ashkaraneth, and there has the there. I can say Ashkaraneth, but I can't say the word there. <laughs> and there has been trouble at the river. You must cross the river to its source and then go up into the mountains. He adds, "Reason advises against it. The land talks to me. Someone or something is rousing old evil. That is why I came as warden from the valleys. The river doesn't flow as it should." Yet the gods told my people that it would never dry. Could it be the orcs? I don't know. 
Gavin turns to look at you, a faint breeze ruffling his hair. In a way that I kind of think is supposed to be evocative of, like, shampoo commercials. (laughs) Maybe he's born with it. (laughs) Maybe it's Gavin. You think he is handsome in his way, uh, and wonder what your father would would have thought of him. I shudder to think. He wears a ranger's garb and carries a sword of elven make. Um, judging by the cover of the book, that basically means it's a little bit like a tulwa. Okay. Take me with you to the river, then. I'll go on my own and be out of your way. You determinedly sheathe your weapon. You will not be left behind. My father was taking me to the warrior games. I can ride, use a sword. I'm even good with a bow. You have a long journey to finish. I'm not going now. You must understand, I can't just leave him here without a burial or a tribute or anything. At the temple, maybe I can find another warrior of or the gods to help me. He shakes his head. You are young and pretty. Not really relevant information for this <laughs> conversation, not... Gavin. <laughs> That's like somebody stopping to ask you for directions on the street. And you're like, listen, (laughs) you're hot. End of sentence. And it's just like, no, no, that's not. I mean, that that phenomenon exists, Garrett. It's called being a woman. I know. Um, I know. It's just, oh, God. Brace brace yourself for this, though, because it's about to get worse. Oh, God. Um, So Gavin shakes his head. You are young and pretty, even for a human girl. (laughs) The wastes are harsh, Tina. I must follow my duty and send you back to my people where you'll be safe until I can guide you past the mountains. I'll come back and get you when I know what disturbs the Ashkaraneth. I will help the caravanners if I can. But that's my job. Gavin raises his head and whistles. At his call, a horse appears, trotting from the shrub-covered hills in the distance. He gallops on the horizon, growing magically nearer and nearer. Is that magic, or is that just how distance works? I think when a horse gallops towards you, it it, it does get nearer and nearer. I don't think we need to bring magic into it at all. Um, I'm just kind of I'm picturing um, John Cleese in Monty Python and the Holy Grail when he's running towards the castle and he's got like the dramatic drum music, <laughs> and then every time every time it cuts every time it cuts back to him, he's like further back. He's always in like a different position. I'm kind of picturing that, but a horse. And then on the very very final shot, he just comes out of nowhere and stabs both guards. Yeah, the the kind of the culmination of this in this scene would be basically we'd just be standing watching this horse in the distance and then suddenly it just tramples you. <laughs> uh, a horse of the purest white dappled with grey of storm clouds. He is a truly noble animal. You catch your breath at his beauty. He stops in front of you, pouring the ground. Stormseeker, Gavin says to him, I have a human who must be born back to the valley. Got a name, Gavin. <laughs> Not a fucking suitcase. Will you carry her for me? The large brown eyes of the creature consider you with intelligence. Oh, is the horse going to have something to say about me being a human, is he? Is that what's going to happen? You think of appealing to it anything to keep from getting left behind, or your quest will end before it has begun. Oh, God. So, do you do you want to appeal to the horse, or do you think that it would be, it would be foolish to ask the stallion to help you? I mean... I know what the right answer is supposed to be, and so I'm not going to be a dick to the horse. I'm going to appeal <laughs> to the horse. I I do think. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'll 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 talk nice to the horse. Stormseeker rears up and bites your face off. There he goes. Um, this would be such a better book if he did. The end. Stormseeker pulls the ground as though he senses you are unhappy. He's like one of these, you know, hyper-intelligent Disney horses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Please help me, you beg of the horse. But he does nothing. He's a horse. What exactly were you expecting? Does were it expecting say that to... in the book? Yeah, it's like, please help me, you beg of the horse, but he does nothing. I'm kind of like, what were you re- Were you expecting the horse to just turn to Gavin and go, to be fair, mate, you are bang out of order. <laughs> 
you realise that you must help yourself. Yes. Surprise, surprising, apparently literally no one but you, the horse has not spoken up in your defence. <laughs> oh, Gavin, you must let me go with you. Don't ignore me because I'm female. Why, some of your best elven fighters are women. You, of all people, should be the last to condemn me. Should I? I, Gavin, the half-breed? Oh, man. Coming out now. Half elf It's so and hard for me to tell what's the book and what's you making <laughs> fun of the book. I'm no, like, no, it's... this can't be. Surely, surely this is not the dialogue. But, oh no. I should get like a bell or something so that you know when it's when I'm uh, extemporizing. <laughs> should I, Gavin the half-breed? Half elf and half human, he answers with a laugh. I know less than half about anything. Stormseeker circles around the two of you as though surveying you from all angles. You continue trying to convince the ranger. Now the horse is being creepy. He's probably just trying to see if you've got any apples. You know that orcs are trouble. One will fit as neatly between two swords as spitted on one. Give me a chance. He looks away from you, his dark violet eyes. Remember them? Mm. Troubled. I cannot, he says finally. But why, you cry desperately. You have forgotten Stormseeker. Suddenly, his broad head butts you in the back. You stumble and fall into Gavin's arms. We're doing this bullshit, are we, horse? This motherfucker... The, the the British version of Steve trained his fucking horse <laughs> to help him be a major creep to random girls he meets in the desert. What the fuck, Gavin? He catches you and then for a moment holds you tightly. You are stunned by his embrace. His bollocks will be stunned by Mania if he's not careful. Jesus! <laughs> uh, just as suddenly the ranger releases you and turns away. That is why, he says. You'll be in my way. It's like, well, as long as your fucking horse doesn't headbutt me and toss me at you, we should be fine. Seriously, if your horse wasn't such a (laughs) fuckwad, we wouldn't be having a problem. From the first moment when I saw that you weren't dead and you opened your eyes, that somehow the orcs had overlooked you, I've been caught. The human half of me wars with the elf. I can't take you, Tierna. Now, to to me, this is all sounding rather like red flag talk. Oh, yeah. No, totally. He's totally (laughs) negging her. Uh, You are stung. You had felt. Oh god, he is. He's an elf called Gavin, and he's one of those piece of shit pickup artists. He really is. Oh my it's, god. It's like probably he's probably got like a show on like elf YouTube saying, right, what you do is train your horse to smack him in the back with their head, then grab him. Um, you are this stung. Is the primary dichotomy of the two <laughs> of the the two types of stories, and I'll bet you, I will bet you that of all the the where it's flipping back and forth between girls books and boys books, I bet you that the girl books are, you know. You're wrong about how shitty you think I am, and I will prove it. And the boy books are, <laughs> hey, you're actually very special, and you're prophesied <laughs> to become the person who saves all of the lands from a second darkness. And it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm totally prophesied to save the lands from a second darkness. I'll bet you that's what you're going to find. I'm cer- I've certainly read nothing so far that would lead me to believe that is an erroneous deduction to make about this series. Ugh. You are stung. You had felt something of the same for him. Really? Really? Did you? Have I? Have higher standards, <laughs> Tina and Garrett. It bewilders and frightens you. All you can do is remember the love your mother and father had and what your mother used to say years ago. The greatest heroes are those with heart. Well, that kind of rules out Gavin because he's mostly just been a dick to you. Yeah, or it includes literally everyone who's able to <laughs> breathe and has a functioning pulmonary system. One of the two things. That's a low bar. She's immediately uh, you... comparing herself in this fuckwad <laughs> British Steve to her mother and father. My God. Okay. It's like, look, they just met. They have compatible reproductive plumbing. 
It's a fantasy book from the 80s. What do you want? You don't say any more because you don't wish him to know that you are also attracted. If he knew you're afraid, he would be even more determined to keep you from harm's way. Stormseeker, you whirl toward the horse. Tell Gavin... Because <laughs> that, that worked so well the last time. Like, hey, horse, back me up. Have, have a word with your boy. Um, Literally the only thing the horse has done up to this point <laughs> is demonstrate how perspective works as it ran nearer and magically grew closer. And then headbutt her in the back. I don't know that this horse would be... You know, my best friend at this point. No! Um, tell Gavin that it isn't the stallion who leads the horse herd, but the wisest mare, while the stallion protects the rear. We'll be stronger together. <laughs> at this point, I just want Stormseeker to say, yeah, but you're not horses, so it's not as an analogy. It doesn't really... You know. I don't appreciate you trying to leverage my species' social dynamics for your own personal ends, Tina. The horse nods his head, his mane billowing. He doesn't have a fucking clue what you said. He's just nodding in the hope that maybe you have a sugar lump. This is fucking... <laughs> this is... The the horse, if, if it was intelligent and could actually look at her and be like, okay, so when you meet a pair of lesbians, you're the sort of person who asks which one is the man, aren't you? You're that sort of fucking person, aren't which, you, you piece of Which one of, of you is the horse? <laughs> Um, so the horse nods his head his mane billowing Gavin both anger and joy showing in his face says roughly I am overruled then we can't stand in the open any longer mount up I'm overruled by my fucking horse (laughs) well you know I wasn't gonna drive to Mexico but my Volvo (laughs) decided (laughs) that means we should go Um, he opens his pack and drops a seed onto the ground beside your father's body what are you doing Gavin smiles towards you, answering, leaving a tribute for you. He pours a tiny amount of water from his canteen. This is the water from the Ashkaraneth. It is special, yet always different. The water soaks into the ground. A green shoot breaks through. It grows rapidly, twisting towards the sun, branching out until a tree shades the battleground. Green leaves break forth. Then huge golden blossoms cover the branches. It's beautiful. Don't get too impressed, Tina. He probably does this for all the girls. Gavin joins Stormseeker. It will bear fruit later. As long as I or someone waters it from the Ashkaraneth every season, it will shelter and comfort travellers across this land. Without another word, Stormbra- Stormbringer? No, that's another fancy thing. Without another word, Stormseeker breaks into a lope and Gavin strides beside him as you travel towards the mighty Ashkaraneth and your goal, way, hidden in way, the Arab Mountains way. on the horizon. She yeah. didn't bury her dad. He's literally just laying in the desert sun next to the fucking tree. He's he's fertilizer now. That's how it works. What the? Wow. Okay. He'll decompose. His nutrients will soak into the ground and then the tree will suck it up through the roots. I know that's such a tiny cinema sins shitty thing to comment <laughs> on, but like, really, come on. They just, they specifically said that the body is just lying there next to the tree. Come on. But you know, so either it'll just decompose or something will eat it. You know, yeah. circle of life, wheel of fortune. Totally. So, uh, you travel towards the mighty Ashkaraneth and your goal, hidden in the Arad Mountains on the horizon. The day is long. Gavin runs lightly, easily beside you, and you talk of many things. He tells you of the beauty of the green valleys where he lives, and where the Ashkaraneth has brought life back to the land. You tell him of your father. He says, I've heard of Hamroth. He was well spoken of by elves and men. You remember the elven cloak. Gavin stowed it in his pack before you left. Why is Gavin got your what? dad's cloak? Yeah, What's going what the on fuck, there? Gavin? He's like, well, I'll just be taking this. <laughs> I mean, at this point, we really do just have to write Gavin off, right? Like, there's I nothing. Think, 
Yeah. Pretty much. I don't. I don't see any. I don't see any kind of third act plot twist. Yeah. Suddenly making us l- like Gavin. I'm suddenly realizing that this book is going to have us end up with Gavin no matter what. I just realized that even if we left him in the first in the first decision, <laughs> I know we'd I end pr- up with him by the end of the book. I promise. If it looks like it's going that way, I will close the book and eat it like a sandwich. <laughs> You remember the elven cloak. Gavin stowed it in his pack before you left. Was the cloak a gift from your valley? No, but we elves have a way of knowing what happens. What? I'm starting to suspect Gavin might actually not be an elf. He's just oh. some dude with some fake ears and some contact lenses. Um, <laughs> you ride Stormseeker in silence. You're glad that Gavin knows of your father and wish that Hanroth could have met the ranger. Then you blush and hope he has not seen it. <sighs> why did you... Why? Did we, do we know why we blushed? We don't, right? Of course not. No, we just, we just randomly did it. Like people do. Uh, a thin blue line crosses the desert. Gavin points. The river. We will be there in a few more strides. But we aren't that close. He slows, and Stormseeker stops to let him catch up. The ranger laughs. Tira, surely you've noticed. We've come a long way since we started. Even elves can't run like that. You look back. Gavin is right. The tree has disappeared, and nothing familiar is in sight. What happened? That's one of Stormseeker's gifts. He helps me find trouble, wherever it may be, and when I run or ride with him, I can travel leagues at a single stride. How else can you catch up with the storm? He laughs as though he, it is a special joke, and Stormseeker whinnies. This is a, this is a complete Disney horse situation. It really is. This is Maximus from Tangled. <laughs> he stops watching you. You turn away suddenly, afraid that you might blush or that your hair is coming free. Jesus Christ. Stormseeker begins to lope again, and Gavin joins him. You hold tightly onto the horse's long silken mane and wonder why your heart is pounding so. I mean, you're on a horse. It might be something to do with that. Yeah. I've never ridden. I've never ridden a horse, but I imagine all the jolting around probably stimulates some kind of cardiovascular reaction. It, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely an exciting an exciting thing to do, and it, it yeah, it's gonna it's gonna make your body do stuff. You know, I, like I rode a donkey on a beach when I was seven, but all I remember about that is that I fell off. <laughs> the river appears before you. You're disappointed. It is scarcely more than a wide stream. Gavin kneels before it. It is low. The river is drying up, he says angrily. This will mean a terrible drought. He stands. I must hurry and get you to the temple. I can't wait much longer to find out what's happened. I'm sorry, Gavin. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know why that made me laugh. It's, it's the fact that his name's Gavin. I think it's just going to periodically trip me up throughout the book. Um, <laughs> he pats your booted foot. Again, creepy. Uh, it's not your fault, Tierna. Soon you are at the base of the massive purple mountains that rise abruptly from the desert sands. He's there making is little her green... apologize for things that she has nothing to do well, with. He's, he's kind get... of like, <laughs> he's kind he's... of like, it's not your fault. He's like, never said it was. I've just said, you know. I like, I'm sorry. Sorry, yeah. sorry, your river's gone shit. I don't know. I wasn't claiming credit for it. He's he's doing the thing with the subtle touches. This guy's <laughs> a shitty pickup artist. Ugh. Ugh. I feel slightly grubby holding this book, but that mostly because it's covered in dust. Uh, there is little greenery here. Stormseeker lowers his head and crops a, fru- uh, crops a few shoots of growing grass. The land looks black and hard. You've seen rock like that, as though from a volcano. Stop it. Gavin helps you down from Stormseeker's back. What happened here? It looks as though the mountains were burned. They were. By slag. Blue dragons breathe a lightning bolt instead of fire. He laid waste here many times to the men and elves and dwarves who came to kill him. After a while, no one else was brave enough to come. Until Neron. Gavin points up the mountain. Stormseeker can't make it up there. We can climb from here, taking a shortcut, or we can ride around the m- into the mountains and take the pass. It's late, though, and we couldn't ride until tomorrow. Even Stormseeker gets tired. 
The stallion shakes his head vigorously as though denying it, but Gavin laughs at him. You know that Gavin is in a hurry, as as are you. However, you are tired and the mountain looks sharp and unfriendly. So, do you decide to climb the mountain or do you want to go do you want to ride around and take the pass? I mean, this is this is too obvious. Literally climb a mountain or ride around <laughs> it on a magic fucking horse. I'm going to ma- I'm going to ride the horse. Okay. It's like if I was driving south into California and it was like Mount Shasta is ahead. Would you like to continue driving your car th- down the road that takes you around the mountain? Or would you like to climb it? It's like, <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do when you climb over on the other side? Is that where you're going? Or like, wh- where's the That's horse easy. at you that just, point? You, you push your car up, going up, <laughs> and then you get to the top, you just get back in and you just roll down. <laughs> That's how cars work, as far as I know. Absolutely. So we're going around. Tomorrow will have to be good enough, you answer tiredly. I don't think I can walk or ride another step. Gavin smiles. All right, then. We'll camp here and ride up in the morning. He pats Stormseeker on the neck. Go find water and grass, my friend. The stallion trots off with a wicker. You watch him go. Doesn't he ever get tired? Yes, Gavin answers slowly. We Evil wears him. <laughs> Evil wears him down, and when we get home, he will have to rest for many days. He takes his pack off and throws it down. Can you do without a fire? Of course. I'm a sword daughter, remember? You've literally we've never li- told him that fact. We've literally never been given any information about what that means other than you are someone's daughter and you have a sword. <laughs> I do not think we could reasonably infer your policies re-fire fr- just from that title. <laughs> are you going to be okay without a fire? Of course. I work at Burger King. That doesn't That doesn't seem super relevant. Like, of course I will. My dad was an optometrist. Like, <laughs> okay. Um... So yeah, I'm a sword daughter, remember? Good, then you won't mind having a dinner of journey cakes and water, says Gavin as he pulls a packet out. Journey, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna let it slide. It's elf bread, you know, it's the kind of things you get in in fantasy stories. Everyone's got, you know, power bars. Uh, You share the cakes baked especially for long trips, but the magical taste of the Ashkaraneth makes them lighter and better tasting than anything you have had in a long time. Gavin folds his cloak and makes a pillow out of it for you. As the night becomes deep and dark, he takes something else from his pack. He puts the long, thin object to his lips and blows a light tune on it. Oh it is a God. whistle. You know what I just googled? <laughs> Sorry, I what? got really stuck on this. Do you know what I just googled? <laughs> Go on then. Lembus, you know, the the, way, the yeah. elvish way bread from Lord of the Rings, is from the older form Lenbas journey bread. They literally oh, yeah. just jacked it. Yeah, talk, he stole loads of stuff for for lord of the rings he was a fucking he's a big fucking language nerd oh my no i mean they stole it they they stole it in this story they were like oh yeah it's just journey bread oh journey i see cakes i see what you're saying because that's literally what the word means oh my god this what is like this is like when D has halflings and um what do they call balrogs they call them balor demons or something yeah exactly uh they're halflings you mean hobbits no 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 we would never use the word hobbits like, no they resemble but are legally distinct from hobbits. <laughs> but, but are unsuably different from <laughs> um i bought a uh, a collection of uh, phil folios uh, phil and dixie comics that used to be in dragon magazine which is the official dungeons and dragons magazine um he used to do comic strips for them and in one of them um the main characters phil and dixie go to the tsr who were then the publishers of D&D they go to the office and they go into the legal department and everyone's saying things like can somebody answer the phone it's circular metal banding and someone's like 
hey, does anybody want to see my engagement circular metal band? And Phil's like, are you guys still getting trouble off the Tolkien estate? <laughs> um, so I think it's kind of, it's, it's that kind of situation, I think. Oh, um, Lord. So yeah, G- Gavin's pulled out his whistle. Um, but unlike any you've seen before, it gives a high sweet song like a reed flute. The music lulls you. Again, this is just red flag shit. I yeah. don't trust this guy to fucking play a little whistle that sends us to sleep. Can I give you a little something to help you pass out? I mean, fall asleep. <laughs> it's like the music box in Super Mario 3. I don't trust him with that. Oh, God. The music lulls you. You watch him as he plays, thinking of all the emotions you feel inside you for the first time. Would your father understand? He's dead and he's a tree now, so fuck him. <laughs> you hope that he would. As you close your eyes and settle into sleep, you wonder if you are falling in love. With this guy that you met yesterday and has cut, who has only been kind of a knob to you the entire time oh and has taken God. your cloak. And has trained his horse to help him <laughs> be a total dick. Morning birds and Stormseeker's wet muzzle wake you. The horse nudges again. You, the horse nudges you again and tosses his... I just did a horse impression that wasn't even on purpose. <laughs> the horse nudges you again and tosses his head. Gavin is already up. The lake is clear. Go wash your hands and face and we'll be off. With Stormseeker guarding you, you get ready for the day's ride. This guy's bad news with every line. I know, but you know he's 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 a bad boy. Ugh. You know it it doesn't say he's wearing a leather jacket, but I'm gonna picture him wearing one. Wow. As Gavin boosts you aboard the stallion's back, he says, "We'll be at the top in late afternoon." Why so late? Stormseeker's power won't be any good climbing the mountain path. He can only go as fast as any mortal horse. Gavin smiles. Don't worry, we'll get there. Holding tightly to his mane, with Gavin running lightly beside you, you begin the ride into the Arad Mountains. It's another hot day. Evidence of Slag's destruction is all around you. Trees made of stone and the ground melted like black glass. Stormseeker trots cautiously through the mountains. The day seems to pass swiftly as you go higher and higher. Just as you are beginning to fret that you won't make it, Stormseeker stops suddenly. You straighten to see the shadows of the mountain. A massive landslide blocks the path ahead. There is no way to get around it. Gavin strokes the horse's neck. I'm sorry, Tina. We'll have to go back and climb. Oh, I see. It's one of those. You turn the horse and make the long ride back to the base of the mountain. It is too late now and the shadows stretch across the foot of the climb as you ride up. So basically, you were supposed to climb the mountain and instead of just... Like, there isn't even a choice at the end of this paragraph. It tells you to go to the page I'm... where you climb the mountain. Yeah, it's like, I'm... look, if you're going to do that, have have us crushed by rocks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm revising the I'm revising my opinion about the beginning of the book. So we started off with three choices. Go after go off after the orcs alone, uh ask to be led to the temple or just go with the elf wherever he takes you. So we ended up going with the elf wherever he takes me. So either one of the other two choices absolutely would have landed us in the exact same situation. <laughs> I'm starting to think that might be the case. So You slide off Stormseeker's back. The caravanners can't last much longer. Gavin takes a rope from his pack, saying to Stormseeker, Wait here for us, but only as long as you're safe. That should surely go without saying. It's like, stand here even if a mountain lion starts to eat you. (laughs) If I come back and you're not standing in the exact same spot I left you, there's going to be trouble. He's such such a, like, he gives off such bad vibes. I don't like Gavin. I don't like Gavin at all. Not at all. As you look questioningly at the ranger, he adds, There are many creatures that roam the wastes, evil as well as wild. There's even been a rumour of a stone troll in the mountains. I can't ask Stormseeker to wait for us if it's not safe. Again, yeah, that should go without saying. 
Yeah. The fact that you're even bringing it up is, is weird. I can't ask him to stand there even if he's in danger. I wish I could, but I can't. Contractually, I'm not able to. <laughs> As he answers you, the stallion tosses his head and trots off to the lake. You turn your attention to the mountain. It is broken and looks to be a long but easy climb. There are many foot and handholds from previous climbers. With a deep breath and reminding yourself that the temple is at the top, you start. The rock is harsh and cutting. As you get higher and higher, your fingers grow raw. You stop with a cry and rest on a ledge. Gavin draws even with you. What's wrong? You hide your hands in your lap, though they hurt terribly. Nothing. He reaches out and takes the... I read ahead again. Oh, this is gross. He He reaches out and takes your hands gently. You're hurt, he says, then kisses each bleeding palm before he bandages you. I'm sorry, Tina. This is some Fifty Shades of Grey bullshit. This is Fifty Shades of Gavin. You should be running. This is very bad. I gotta (laughs) ask, was this this book written by a man or a woman, or does it say? It's it's written by someone called Rondi Villot, which I'm assuming, you know, I don't want to assume, but I'm assuming is a lady. Rondi? Rondi. Okay. Say R H O N D I. If if she's still alive, she has a lot to answer for. No kidding. <laughs> you are filled with emotions new to you. It, it's repulsion. Lean into it. Uh, your hands tremble as you loosen them from Gavin's. He smiles as though reading your thoughts. He's so fucking creepy. I don't like Gavin. <laughs> um, the two of you continue climbing as the mountains become steeper. Soon you must use your hand daggers as spikes to pull yourself up. You are near the top. It becomes plain that this it has been many years since any pilgrims have come this way to visit Neron's temple. You pause for breath. Is it in ruins? You ask Gavin. Is what? Oh, you mean the temple. He shrugs. Wind, wind blows across his face and you see the dizzying drop to the ground below behind him. At one time, hundreds used to visit, both this way and on the road. But it's been a long time. Long to an elf, or even a half-elf, is even longer to you. You shudder, hoping that your trip will not be in vain. Suddenly, rocks and gravel rain from above. Oh my god, rocks fall, everyone dies. You look up into the shadows, but you can't see anything. You wince and protect your face as more gravel falls. A strange... (laughs) Echoes from above. I hope it's not Gavin. Uh, You catch glimpse of a long-armed monster grinning down at you, hands dangling. Again, that could be Gavin. (laughs) Gavin grabs you and you freeze to the mountainside. It's a troll, he whispers in alarm. There's still some daylight. We might be able to fight it. The temple's just above. Or we can try to get around, or we can go back down. A troll? They're nearly impossible to defeat. You shudder. Whatever you do, you must do it quickly. The moaning grows louder and stones topple from above you. As the two of you cling precariously to the mountain, you must decide whether to fight the dread monster, flee, or retreat. So, do you want to fight the stone troll? Do you want to flee it by trying to climb around it? Or do you want to retreat back down the mountain? Um, what I don't want is I don't want this book to ever again use the words, the moans are growing loud. <laughs> I need that to not happen. I did also look up Rondi. Uh, she, yeah. she is a woman, uh, and she does appear to be the sort of woman who walks into a Starbucks and immediately demands to see the manager. <laughs> um, uh, let's fight <laughs> you, the troll. What, what I, are you basing that on? I just I I've I've been around the service industry enough to know the look when I see it. It's just <laughs> it's uh yeah born uh, the the bio says being born in Phoenix Arizona seemed to link me to mythology and imagination almost immediately. I've been I've spent a lot of time in Phoenix Arizona. There is nothing about that city, nothing that 
makes the mind draw towards mythology and imagination whatsoever. The only thing your mind goes to in that city is, I swear I'm going to melt. You say that, but it is named after a mythical bird. Yeah, uh, I mean... Maybe that's what she's talking about. Maybe, I guess. Yeah, you're trying, it's, it, you're tr- it's, it's named after a mythical <laughs> bird that literally burns to death over and over again, and that's very appropriate for Phoenix. Um, right, so we, we should probably fight this troll. Yeah, let's fight the troll. I want I want some action. I want to get some I want to get some blood pumping. Before you uh, further alienate any listeners we might have in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, Listen, people in Phoenix <laughs> are fine. Phoenix itself is a rotten hellhole. <clears throat> okay, that's 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 an interesting qualification, but I'll go with it. We must fight, Gavin declares. He draws his long sword and motions for you to do the same. Wait, I chose to fight the troll and Gavin's the one who gets to make the decision in the text? <laughs> yeah, really it should have said, to let Gavin decide to fight that you should fight the troll. Yeah, this is some bullshit. I mean, I, I, as I pointed out, this book is from the 80s and the character you're playing is a girl. You can't expect to be allowed to make any decisions when there's a man around. Oh my god. What is this, Star Trek? I don't think so. <laughs> as, a, as the hail of rocks and gravel nearly consumes you, you pull yourselves up to the knoll. You hold your weapon ready. Any battle with the troll will be a dread one, as the slimy monster can heal itself almost as fast as it can be injured. Only fire will stop the beast. As night falls across the mountain, you can see its shambling grey shape. It is horrible, with dangling arms and a huge evil grin. It swipes at you. You leap aside and swing, but the sword blow merely glances off its stone-like hide. So it's stone-like and slimy. Nice. So is it like mossy, or...? I was gonna say, I don't I don't totally get that. I, I, I do have to go back... I do have to go back real quick and issue a, a retraction and an apology. Um, I I got I got a little bit obsessed here, and so I tracked down Rondi Vallot on Twitter, <laughs> and, uh, and oh my the very God. the very first please thing. Tell, please tell me you haven't added her. No, <laughs> to I, say I that we're not. doing this. No, I got to say the very first thing on her timeline is an anti-Trump tweet, and so I'm like, you know what, Rondi, you're all right, you're okay, we're good, you and me, we're fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop I'm gonna stop trashing Rondi Vallot. <laughs> It, it's a it's a low bar, but for now I will sit on my reservations about Gavin. Um, <laughs> I'll, no, I'll go after the book, absolutely. <laughs> Gavin raises his weapon to strike, but suddenly torchlight surrounds you. With a moan, the troll scrambles back to its nest. As brigands and orcs ring you, holding their torches high, a cleric comes forward. He folds his arms in delight, saying to his men, My pretty is better than a watchdog, is it not? I'm kind of picturing him as like Duke Igthorn from Gummy Bears. <laughs> but like clericy, I don't know why I went. Go- I don't know why my brain went there, but that's where I'm going with it. In the flickering light, the cleric looks as should, evil. I as- think you should actually lean into it further. My pretty is better than a. What was it? Watchdog. <laughs> when you do when you do Igthorn, if you go too far, you become Skeletor, and I want to. I kind of want to <laughs> save that in case there is actually a skeleton man in the book. In the flickering light, this cleric looks as evil as the troll. His robes are decorated with foul symbols. He strokes his pointed beard and motions for his followers to guide you up the slopes. Gavin holds your hand tightly. Again, I didn't ask for that, Gavin, but okay. Uh, The gesture doesn't make you feel much better. It wouldn't me, if I'm honest. No. Uh, As you whisper to him, I don't like this. Wow, I don't like being captured by the evil lord of the troll and his orcs. I don't like... Yeah, cool. Nothing gets past you, honey. You're as smart as a whip. (laughs) Neither do I, the ranger answers. The Temple of Neuron looms from the darkness, its white pillars and roof gleaming. Your heart plunges as you see the terrible symbols of black sorcery painted over its surface. Evil has struck down the very help you sought. The cleric pauses at the front entrance. 
My name is Colroth. Welcome to my sanctuary. This was once Neron's, you say angrily. Once, but no more. He smiles, a mean gesture as you are forced inside by his followers. The torches are put into their holders. The cult sconces, get it right, Rondi. And he motions for his men to leave. I wish to talk to them privately. <laughs> he strokes his oily beard as they obey. He's literally twirling oh. his moustache. Ah, uh, ah, uh, okay. okay. The three of you study each other. At the rear of the temple, a huge statue in tribute to Neron looks down. Shadows seem to give it a sad expression. You continue to hold tightly to Gavin for comfort. I am pleased... Oh, sorry, I've... Uh, sorry, I forgot to do the voice. <clears throat> I am pleased you have come. The caravanners my orcs brought didn't last the trip. I need a sacrifice for the full of the moon. You two will do nicely. You shudder in horror. Your voice is stuck in your throat. With fear, you cannot an- <laughs> With fear and you cannot answer. But Gavin lunges forwards. Never, he shouts defiantly. I'm starting to think maybe Gavin is the protagonist. I'm, I'm, it's kind of seeming that way, yeah. I'm starting to get that vibe. I think we're just along for the ride. Yeah. Colroth's men instantly appear, jumping him. Run, Tina, he commands you as you stand there. Were you not speaking privately? <laughs> what the fuck? He said specifically he did not want them there listening in. Well, I guess, you know, they were passing. <laughs> uh, indecision stops you because you're a girl. It doesn't say that, but it might as well have. Uh, the troll lurks outside in the darkness and you don't want to leave Gavin alone. I feel a bit differently. Uh, you have a desperate idea as you look around the Temple of Neron. Surely some of that paladin's favour with the gods remains. Some spark of goodness. Should you try to summon Neron's aid or run and leave Gavin to struggle alone? So do you want to summon the ancient powers of the paladin Neron or do you want to obey Gavin and leave him? Oh my god, I you have you have no idea how badly I want to obey Gavin and leave him. <laughs> However, just this once, I will listen to you. Yeah, just this but But, yeah, here's the thing. One, I don't actually want to obey Gavin, so I don't want that. <laughs> if they, really, if they hadn't used that word in the choice, I might have done it. Um, if they just said, do you want to, you know, appeal to the god, or do you want to abandon Gavin? That's, that's a very <laughs> clear-cut choice. Um, but when they say, do you want to obey Gavin and leave him? No, I can't. If you want to jib off this asshole and run for your life, turn to page 42. <laughs> um, also, I would I would like to end the book with a happy ending, and I have a feeling that if I leave him, it's going to be a sad ending, and I'm probably going to die. Yeah, well, so... you know, ha- happiness, sadness, it's all relative, isn't it, Garrett? Yes. I will appeal to the god to, to <laughs> okay. save us. I'm here, Gavin, you pledge, even as Colroth strikes his wooden staff on the temple floor. Gavin, caught on all sides by Colroth's men, collapses suddenly. The evil cleric laughs. You are in my power now! And your little dog, too! <laughs> no! You wrestle your sword loose from the... from the. Oh, sorry, no, it's a line break. You, it says, you wrestle your sword loose from the brig, and... No, that that's a whole... that's one word, and brigand. it's brigand. Yeah. Sorry. Let me take that again. <laughs> you wrestle your sword loose from the brigand who tries to grasp you. You raise it to the temple roof. By the power of Grayskull! Uh, by the powers that guided Neron and my father Hamroth, I call for aid. Help us now in the name of good and justice and rock and roll. That's a lot of words to say while people are trying to grab you. I'm assuming, like, I'm picturing it as she's just like running around in circles while she's saying it. And they're like chasing her like Tom and Jerry style. By the um, powers vested and my father Neroth. By the power vested in me by the state of California. Um, Colroth halts in fear. 
A creaking noise fills the temple. The brigands and orcs fall back in confusion, leaving Gavin. With a groan and a moan... There's more moaning, Garrett. I'm sorry. Oh, There's no. nothing I can do about it. The huge stone statue of Neron begins to move. You help, Gavin to, you help Gavin to stand as Colroth freezes in astonishment. Come back! He shouts uselessly at his followers. They flee in terror from the giant statue as it lumbers across the temple floor, moving faster and faster. Colroth points his staff and shouts horrible words at the statue. It begins to crack and topple and crashes down directly on the evil cleric. Gavin grabs your arm. We've got to run, he shouts as the entire building begins to sway. I think I probably could have put that together myself from the context cues, you know, Gavin. Thanks, Gavin. The two of you rush out as it, be- as it caves into dust, burying Colroth and his evil for all time. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's a big statement. <laughs> I mean, he's buried. Sure, I'll give you that. Oh, uh, Lord. The brigands and orcs have gone. Gavin takes you into his arms. You stayed for me, he says fiercely. That was a brave thing to do. Brave and stupid. I completely agree, Tina. Yeah. Uh, he takes your chin Wait, in his hands. he said brave and stupid or sh- we said She it. did. We okay. said it. Good, good. Uh, That's he takes better. your chin in his hands so that you must look into his eyes. That's people not do better. S- people do such things when they're in love. As you protest, he stills your words with a gentle kiss. Come home with me. You answer by returning his kiss. The end. So in many ways, an ambiguous ending. I would hesitate to call it happy. I would definitely not call that a happy ending. <laughs> like, Tina, you can do better. You don't have to shack up with the first rando elf dude that you meet. You can do better. You, you could find an orc and do better. I hope that Gavin takes you back to Rivendell and you meet some elves who aren't shitty. And you go, oh, okay, maybe, you know, he's not the only... What's the elf equivalent of fish in the sea? Uh, Bird in the forest. But no, seriously, like, end up with an orc, and you're probably going to be treated the exact same way. It's just the orc won't pretend it's doing you a favor. Ugh, my god. Uh, so, Garrett, did you like Sword Daughter's Quest? I mean, that's... I, 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 I found the experience <laughs> pleasurable, but it, I would not say that I enjoyed the book, no. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to rush out and buy a copy. I am not going to uh, <laughs> run to my local store. I'm not going to go down. I, I, I have to say, uh, Ron Devalot has a lot of books on Amazon. Almost as many as me. Eh. Oh, wow. <laughs> Maybe more than me. Oh, man. Some of these covers are not good. <laughs> oh, wow. Some of these covers are real bad. Check out, if you if you can, check out Aphrodite's Mirror on uh, on Amazon. That's oh, a yeah, cover. That's- that that's one in this series. Um, <laughs> Ooh, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't think it could. It's like you know. It's like Jaws. The scariest parts are when you don't see the shark. I think nothing's going to compare to. I'm going to let everybody just imagine what what that cover <laughs> looks like. Boy, that's oof. So so that was um, Sword Daughter's Quest, uh, book one in the Dragon Tales series, uh, a series of choosable path books with a fantasy bent, pointlessly divided on the basis of gender, um, and I I think. There was very little in that. Knowing as I did going in that the series was divided in that way, nothing in that book really came as a surprise to me. Yeah. But, and yet it still evoked, you know, profound feelings of horror in me at various points. Oh, yeah. Um, don't don't end up with people like Gavin, kids. That's not... If you meet a Gavin, you run. You run for your life. Yeah, if, if, you, if you take nothing else away from this, it's, you know, remember to never trust an elf named Gavin. That's not like a... That's not, like not a bad... That wouldn't be a bad tagline for the for this series. Um, I doubt we're I doubt we're gonna meet uh, any elves as 
as it's the it's not the fact that Gavin was was a toilet person. It's the fact that he was clearly written as in a way that we were not supposed to think that. No, you're clearly supposed to think he's a very charming and wonderful romantic lead who you would naturally fall in love with and should want to spend more time with. Um, and that is just not the case. He's actually kind of a titty wizard and you should, you know, rightfully shun anyone you meet in real life who acts even half as shitty as as uh, Gavin did. Oh my goodness. That'd be <laughs> awful. Uh, as sorry as I am to subject you uh to gavin and you know i know that going forward uh life will be probably at least a little bit more difficult for you knowing as you do (laughs) now now that now that gavin is something that potentially will exist in your memories um (laughs) as sorry as i am for that i have actually had uh, a wonderful time uh with you on the show today Um, thank you so much for for joining me absolutely oh man that was that was I am definitely, I am interested in, in hearing more of these. This is fantastic. Well, uh, I'm going to be aiming to put one out um, at the end of, at the end of the month for 10 months, uh, February to November. Uh, awesome. I'm going to take, I'm going to take December and January off because no, <laughs> aside from anything else, it's probably, you know, it's, it's probably going to be difficult to, to get guests on during oh, the yeah. holidays because everyone's yeah. got their own bullshit going on. Sure. Um, yeah, so, those fuckers with their bullshit during uh, the holidays, uh, and I could certainly do with the time off. Um, so, <laughs> so Garrett, just thank you for joining me on on this uh, inaugural uh, voyage of uh, my ridiculous podcast idea. Oh man, um, it was absolutely my pleasure. It's been it's been really really fun talking with you on Twitter over the however the hell long it's been, and I could not imagine a better way for us to have our first actual conversation. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, a little sort of advice, like like life tip for you. If you do experience any kind of interpersonal social awkwardness, just read someone a book about yeah. a terrible elf named Gavin that you can bond over hating. Yes, um, absolutely. Uh, so, Garrett, uh, if if once again, uh, if you would like to just plug your your various endeavors. Oh man, well I'll tell you what. If you want to read a fantasy book that doesn't have terrible <laughs> elves named Gavin, and that tries to be at least somewhat better on the subjects of gender and race and sexuality, uh, then uh, go check out my stuff on Amazon or at underrealm.net, which is where uh, where you can find all the books and where we also um, actually probably by the time uh, by the time this goes live, uh, you'll be able to find a lot of stories that we'll be publishing from uh, from our authors who uh, were we have a focus on publishing diverse authors. So you might you might enjoy them more than you would enjoy spending some time with an elf named Gavin, which is a low <laughs> bar, but don't let that stop. Yeah. Um, you're also on Patreon as well. Yes. Yes, I am. I do. I do have a Patreon, which people can go and check out if they want to. That's mostly for my YouTube. So if, if that's what, if that's what you like, then check out the <laughs> Patreon. Uh, of course you have also recently started, um, a Patreon for the Chronicles of Underrealm. Oh yeah. If people the, want to go um, and support that, that would be amazing. We're doing, uh, we're doing the Chronicles or basically a series of short stories by other authors. We'll, we'll be releasing novels soon, uh, as well. But the, uh, the short stories are, uh, basically so that we can, we can publish them and just, um, it'll, it'll allow the authors to be a lot better paid than if we just sell the stories on Amazon. So, uh, that's why we're doing there. And, uh, I'm, that's why we're doing it there. And it's, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that project. The stories are really, really kick-ass. And I'm actually like 
kind of proud about this that the first uh the first words in any underwhelm story that are that are not mine you know i've written the books that i've written already but the first words in underwhelm that are not mine that are going to be published ever are by uh, ria newton who is an amazing fantastic author and just also happens to be a trans woman and i'm just like yay that's awesome and wait till you read her stuff she's She's real good. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I think pretty I think pretty much within an hour of you for doing like the first tweet about the Chronicles of Underrealm Patreon and explaining like what it was, I was I was immediately in there like yes, I will be having some of that. Thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, check out. Uh, I'll put a link to uh, to Underrealm and uh, Garrett's YouTube channel and various Patreon endeavors uh in the like information of the episode so so once again garrett thank you so much for joining me for reuse your old adventures and interactive audiobook experience thanks so much it's been awesome uh and thank you as well to the audience for joining us and remember as you go forward in life never trust an elf named gavin (laughs) 